Nick Talks Music. Nick Talks Music, back with another one. Here we are, new topic. Today's going to be about the radio hit, that three-minute magic, right? (laughs) Three minutes of magic gives you a radio hit. And I hate when I have to start with a disclaimer, but I think I do here. This is not going to be an offensive attack against pop music. I like all types of music. I truly do. I consider myself a music head. Rock and rap are at the top, but I get down with pretty much everything. So at some point, it may sound like I'm launching an attack against pop music, but I'm not. The pop genre has made strides as far as what classifies as pop music. Pop gets influenced by all sorts of genres, right? Singer-songwriter, hip-hop, ballads, country, dance... They've all had their little push into pop, and rightfully so, because each genre has grown in popularity as well, so it only makes sense. And so now pop music has gotten to this certain peak where songs that probably wouldn't be considered pop hits or fit the generic formula are now on top 40. So it is definitely cool to see that transformation. I do give a lot of respect to pop music. So this is not a bash against pop music or pop artists, okay? This goes deeper. So to circle back around, why three minutes? Why this formula? Why this containment to fit a single on radio? There's two sides, really. There is a psychology side to it. When you talk about people's attention spans, what do people want? Now, it's true. It's fair to say that people want information quicker. People want things to move faster. So some of the thought that comes into play with the radio is people want to hear their favorite popular song, then they want to hear the next song. Radio stations and sponsors don't want people to be in their cars and say, I feel like this song's been on forever. Or is this song really still playing? And then click to either a different station or off. So that is true about the general population's attention span, what they want, how they want things to move faster, how they want information quicker. But that's only a smaller part, in my opinion. Now, some old school people who may know a thing or two may try and call me out, so I'm going to acknowledge this as well. Back in, like, the 50s, the 78. 78 RPMs, right? That was the popular record back in the day, back in that day. The 78 could only hold three minutes of music at a real level of quality and level of volume. If you start trying to press records with longer music on it, the grooves change, the volume changes, all kinds of stuff. So the 78 could pretty much hold between three and four minutes of music at the highest quality that it could for a record. So sure, that was a bit of a foundation. That's what radio stations had to play, so they played it, right? But the 78 was out of here by the 60s. I mean, after that, 
advancements and technology and music, recording production, we're only going up and up and up for the next few decades. So now we start getting into commercials and money with radio stations, right? I mean, that's what it's about. Scheduling time, leave enough time for commercials, pay the bills, make money. And I get it. That's what it's about. That's what keeps radio stations on the air. So the morning drive and the five o'clock drive, those are the big time slots, right? Those are the big time periods. That's when the most people are going to be in their cars driving. They're driving to work. They're driving from work. So those are big commercial spots, usually with the most listeners, and they got to fit in those commercials or those voice spots where the DJ will kind of just voice a commercial. So that's big money. A lot of times you'll see a show get cut short or bits get skipped to fit in these spots, these commercials. Because again, that's how radio is making money. So I've been around a host or two who is pissed because they're running behind and the program director is going to be knocking on the door if you don't fit in the commercials in the agreed time slot. So a lot of times they will switch shit around because those commercials got to get played. And of course, through the years, when you start talking about the 90s and 2000s, terrestrial radio really started taking hits. You get the CD decks in your cars. You're carrying around the big-ass booklet with your favorite CDs in it. So, of course, again, with time, technology, just the way of life changes, not as many people are just going to tune into the radio. They don't want to hear commercials, and they want to hear songs that aren't on the radio. Good songs that they like that aren't fit to this three-minute or three-minute-and-thirty-second mold just because it's good for scheduling. It's less common now with digital, but when you bought CDs, when CDs were king, you ever noticed that sometimes there would be two versions of a song? There'd be, like, the normal version and then, like, the radio edit version or even an album, the edited version of the album. One was radio-friendly. The other one was the way it was supposed to be listened to, right? And if you really have good ears, have you ever heard... A song on the radio that you felt was sped up, some kind of hit song, not just on pop radio, but any genre radio. Have you ever thought like the person singing their pitch is a little higher or the beat sounds a little faster? Same thing. That happened a lot where they will speed up the version of the song they have, again, to fit time constraints. The business model of radio. We're used to a song being X amount of minutes long. And if it's a little beyond that, we'll speed it up so it fits all of our commercial spots and our scheduling for the day. Now, there's also more to the formula. Generally speaking, pop radio stations work under the assumption that if you don't hear a big hit first thing when you turn on the radio, you're going to change the station or turn it off. So when everyone complains that, oh, you hear the same 10 songs on radio, it's because they're looking at the numbers, they're looking at the charts, and they say... Everyone does want to hear these 10 songs. So whatever 5 to 10 minute window you're listening to the radio, they want to make sure you hear that song. And again, it all makes sense. It's a business. They have to make money selling these commercials, these spots, getting sponsors for live broadcasts. But the formula gets old, right? That's why people complain. Too many commercials, not enough songs. So it's really a double-edged sword because there's nothing radio can really do about it. They're not going to abandon their business model. So when you're talking about 
radio stations in general, they're going to sell commercials and they're going to play the songs that everybody knows. That's the safe play. That's how you keep listeners. So through the decades, as more and more artists are popping up, a lot of musicians, a lot of bands don't want to conform to three minutes. Yeah, they know the business model and they know they have to throw on a single on their album if they want to play nice and get radio play. But otherwise, they're not worried about how long a song is. They're just doing their thing, and however long the song is, that's how long it is. A big sign of things to come was back in the 60s. The song by the Righteous Brothers, You've Lost That Lovin' Feeling. You should know that song. Even if you're a young buck, it's a classic. So do your research. Take time out if you don't know that song. Great, great hit song in the 60s. So that song, produced by the hit maker Phil Spector, right? That song is over three minutes. I think it's like three minutes and 40 seconds, three minutes and 45. So much longer than a lot of the hit songs coming out at the time. Phil Spector didn't want to change the song. The Righteous Brothers, Phil Spector, everyone liked the way it sounded at the amount of time that the song was. So what did he do? What did Phil Spector do? (laughs) When they were getting ready to release the song and stamp some records... All the singles that got stamped, he put a time of 3 minutes and 5 seconds. Again, the song is 3 minutes and 40-something seconds. He makes sure the single is stamped with 3 minutes and 5 seconds and then releases it out to radio. DJs would see this and play it without even realizing the length. So Phil Spector obviously knew how the game is played and put one up on radio stations. I always think of that as an awesome side story, an awesome foreshadowing as to the way bands and record producers naturally think. They don't want to conform. Musicians do what they do. They express themselves the way they express themselves. They don't work on a stopwatch. So I always like that story because it was a one-up on the business. And obviously, being the hit that it turned out to be, People didn't mind a 3 minute and 45 second song on the radio. Everyone liked it. Turned out to be a huge hit for the Righteous Brothers. So, it just goes to show you, again, the business model of the music industry. Not always correct, and they pivot a lot. And that was one that just got away from them. So when you fast forward closer to present day, I'll say that hip-hop and EDM dance music... They get away with longer songs a lot of the time, and they have for years because hip-hop and dance singles, they live an extra life. They have an alternate life in bars and clubs, right? It goes back into a little psychology again. Longer hit songs, longer dancing in bars and clubs, people are staying longer and buying drinks. So some genres like hip-hop and EDM, dance, whatever, that get played in clubs and bars, they sometimes have the advantage of, again, having that second life outside of radio. And then you fast forward some more, and then we're talking about satellite radio, the new kid on the block that ends up becoming the new standard. I don't know how many of you realize this, but there was a lot of doubts around satellite radio. Obviously, a lot of people associated with terrestrial radio didn't like it, A lot of people couldn't see into the future to see how viable this was going to be. Two choices for radio? We already have radio and radio stations. What's new radio? What is is this? 
But then you realize what's being sold to you. Then you realize the opportunity and the possibilities. Little to no commercials. All sorts of genres and subgenre stations. You know, think about people living in smaller suburban or urban areas. Did you have enough choices on radio? Did you have enough radio stations that covered every genre of music? Probably not. So now you're talking about a new service. You can live anywhere, be anywhere in your car, and access every type of music possible. And we're talking about extended versions, no edits for language, a lot of good stuff. And that becomes the new standard now. Is terrestrial radio still around? Yeah. Do they still play by the same formula? Yeah. Does it still work? For the most part. It's just not what it was. Satellite radio changed the game and didn't play by the rules. You're going to pay for all these advantages, of course. You're going to become a subscriber, but history has shown it's plenty worth it to millions and millions of people. And because satellite radio has become such a normal medium at this point, musicians, artists, whatever, they don't have to play by the rules either. They don't need to make sure they have a three-minute single on their album or EP or whatever because they know if they start becoming successful, radio play on satellite radio is just as valuable. Now, local radio, their advantage is what? That local feel, right? DJs from your neighborhood, local contests, live broadcasts down the block. But then you start thinking about how much do people value that versus hearing the songs, hearing the genres you want to hear without constraints. And enough people will pay so that that's the case. So kind of as we wrap up, make no mistake, major pop artists playing for pop radio still work the formula. It's too ingrained in the system of making an album and getting airplay. A catchy three-minute song a catchy three-minute song still works for radio. And so a lot of pop artists will still conform to that strategy because it still works. Satellite radio is pretty much king, but terrestrial radio isn't dead yet. So there's still the benefits of getting radio play on old radio and new radio. The three-minute song works. It works for scheduling. And it works, again, a little bit on our psychology where we like a quick hit song, catchy chorus, catchy singing, and so on. So yeah, again, I think we did a good job of kind of uh, circling this whole idea of the three-minute magic, right? The three minutes that gets you on radio, or used to get you on radio. You know, every time we talk about a topic where we kind of refer to the past, past decades, the way the business worked, years and years ago versus now, there's always going to be some kind of 180 that the industry did. So it's always cool to kind of touch on these subjects that span years and years, kind of go back, see what was the constant then, and see what is the constant now. So hey, I think with all this being said, I think we all should just dive into our guilty pleasure playlist, start rocking out to some pop hits, right? Because, hey, like I said before, it is all love with pop music. Nothing wrong with a good hit. 
no matter how long or short the song is. So with that, hey, I think we were able to uh, skim below the surface a little bit deeper, right? Touch on some interesting topics. So hey, as usual, I appreciate y'all listening. Get in touch with me on Twitter at Nick Talks Music, on Instagram, Nick Talks Music Podcast. Go ahead and drop me a line. Otherwise, like Dre said, till the next episode. Nick Talks Music. Nick talks music.